welcome everybody to another a hand ah, another episode of a black hands podcast uh i think i'm a little tongue-tied because we are in the presence of a superstar ladies and gentlemen uh he left us for about seven weeks and then we see him on primetime television with like the super bowl ads playing after him and all that good stuff uh sharif el mecki uh, welcome back to the other side with us, peasants. How are you, brother? <laughs> Yo, it's good, good to be home, bro. Good you got me tongue-tied, B. <laughs> no, it's good to see. I miss y'all, man. I miss us. You know what I mean? So, you know, it was, uh, it was great seeing, like, you know, listening as a part of the audience, right? Like, I couldn't chime in. I couldn't troll uh, Ray as he was talking. So it was literally just, you know, watching it the day after. So it was, it was dope. Y'all doing great stuff, man. Appreciate it. All good, man. Uh, Christopher, how have you been, sir? I'm not as famous as the great <laughs> Sharif Elmecki, so I'm having problems, Stop. man. Stop. I feel like I got to get some help, some assistance to elevate my profile, but I'm good, man. I'm glad to see you guys. Glad for another week of mm -hmm. blessings and a fortitude to be able to do the work that we know that we all love to do. That isn't easy work to do, but glad to jump into tonight's topic, man. Fighting words. It's back to you know we got to we got Sharif back. There's four of us. We're gonna have a guest. We we we, we got to get back to fighting now. Man, that's all good. Raymond, how how goes it up in New York, sir? Yo, we blessed and highly favored in New York. Uh, um, wishing grace and, and wellness to, to to all our listeners and and uh, you know. Oh, glad to have glad to have Reef back. <laughs> No, you're not, but it's okay. You're not. <laughs> Two are, what is it? Y'all y'all take the guess of who is it. Nah, man. Ray missed you the most, brother. Ray missed you the most. I will say this, man. I definitely will say this. You know, I, I, I'm enjoying our format of kind of going back old school and just talking about, like, whatever is burning in education. And uh, thank y'all just for a lively conversation the last few weeks, especially last week. And we just say the stuff that people are afraid to say, and we're going to do more of that today. Uh, I do have something special. I've wanted to do this for a long time. Uh, so Oakland, Oakland has decided that they're going to strike again. So they just had a random strike on Friday. Mm. Uh, but go. this time, fellas, we are stepping it up. We actually have an on-the-ground Oakland correspondent to break down mm -hmm. in detail exactly what happened. So we're not just talking out the side of our neck. Uh, we got David Castillo, my brother from um, – uh, we got so many damn podcasts, man. It used to be Common Grounds, but now it's the, the South Star Classroom. We got David Castillo. David, what's happening in Oakland, man? Wow. Welcome. Uh, thank you for, for having me on the show. First and foremost, it's a pleasure to be here with all of you. Um, what's going on in Oakland, California is, um, yeah, we, we just had a recent um, strike. And I think there's some like questions around whether the strike was a legal action or, or not a legal action. Um, and, um, you know, I think what I'd like to bring to the forefront here is uh, stepping back, thinking about Oakland uh, and California. There, there are about 6 million kids in schools in California, right? Um, and we've got a district like Oakland with about 35,000 kids. Um, and so as we're walking through this, I want us to think about, like, what makes Oakland so different and so unique, right? That they had to um, ask students to stay home this last Friday after, you know, whatever, a, a two years of, a, of COVID shutdown, right? Um, and so that's first and foremost. 
I think um, the other piece w which I would like to lift up is, uh, you know, a lot of these things happen in secret, right? So we don't really know what happens in like the inner workings of, uh, of teacher unions, um, you know, even though they are generally publicly funded via uh, teacher salaries, um, we, it's kind of like a, um, a mystery. We don't really know what happens inside. But it's interesting with this particular strike that happened on Friday uh, that we actually have some data um, from a couple of sources, which I'd like to put forward. So you got about 2,700 teachers in Oakland, right? Um, mm. The vote to strike came in total votes for or against was about 1,400. So you're already looking at about like, like half of your people showed up. So my question there is, what does it mean when people don't show up to vote for something? Right. It doesn't mean it, it means they're either disenfranchised, not interested or don't believe that their vote actually matters. OK, so from twenty seven hundred to fourteen hundred votes tallied. Um, and at the end of the day, they had about a thousand votes that actually um, were voted in favor of a strike. So you got a, a vote of about a thousand teachers that voted to strike. Um, and I'll get to that, um, uh, Michelle, in a second, um, out of a teaching force of about 2,700. So you're like in between the 30 and 40% range, right? What they're striking for is, um, you know, Oakland is a district, like many districts in California and across the country, with declining enrollment for a number of reasons. We won't get into that now. But they have uh, basically operate probably twice as many schools as they need to based on other California school districts. And this district is really just trying to like close, consolidate, merge seven schools right now. This is something that school districts do across the state, across the country. As they grow, they open schools. As they contract, they close schools. Common sense. But something makes Oakland very different. And so really, this is what they're striking for. Um, it's a couple of schools that have significant declining enrollment, also um, lackluster academic performance for black and brown children. And so the district is trying to consolidate its resources to do the right thing. We have a, a great superintendent, Kyla Johnson Tremell, African-American woman. has been grew up in Oakland schools um, and she's there and she's trying to do the right thing. But you've got this teachers union that is just like hell bent on, you know, going crazy and, and, and fighting every single little thing without any attention to detail around how the children are actually doing academically. And so that's the fight that we're in right now. Kids are home on Friday again. Parents are confused. It was generally a low support strike. Um, but you know how Oakland gets down. They, they love to fight. They love to strike. They had a big block party at Lake Merritt. You know, with oh, yes. Let's, and and let's pause there. Yes. Yeah, bring, yeah, us, yeah, yeah. bring us all back in there. So, let's go. Let's so go. there was a there was a block party at Lake Merritt that the teachers threw uh, instead of being at school teaching uh, in a place where what is our literacy rate in Oakland right now, David, for black and brown kids? I mean, hovering around 30 percent on a good day. So I will just say this to the two school leaders. So Sharif. Uh, Mr. Ray Ankrum and David all have run schools. I'm just very curious from a boss's standpoint, if your people said, we're not coming to, we not coming to work, it might be an illegal strike, but oh yeah, and by the way, we're going to meet at the, we're going to meet at the lake and have a barbecue. Uh, so 
I would I would love to start with Mr. Ankrum just because he runs schools, he has a staff, and I'm just very curious uh, what his reaction would be if that was the messaging he got. Oh, and your kids can read at a clip of less than 40%. Yeah. Um, yeah, my heart goes out for students and families that uh, get caught up in in the melee of, uh, of these types of situations. Um, unfortunately, you know, it's never really about the kids. Uh, it's always about adults. And, and that's uh, the antithesis of what I stand for in terms of education. I know you have people that advocate for, for teachers and you should advocate for teachers. Like teachers do a hell of a job oftentimes with uh, less, less material, less pay and um, just less things that, that they need to have in order for them to be successful. But the one thing that I would want from my staff members is for them to be committed to kids. And so the way that you show that you're committed to kids is by showing up to work, um, regardless of the circumstances, like everything will work itself out, especially if you have a teacher's union that knows exactly what they want and can go to the table and negotiate those things. For me, I always feel like strike is the last option but when you start thinking about districts like Chicago and Oakland and mainly districts that serve black kids, strike is always the first option, which I really don't understand. Like, it's kind of like the opposite of negotiation. If you're going to strike first, right? It's like, it's not real negotiation. It's just like, all right, well, we're just going to do whatever the hell we want to do and not think about students and families. So I always say this. We always say this on the show. Um, there's got to be a way for parents to start striking. Right. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a way for us to start utilizing and empowering parents to know when Beds Day is, enrollment count day uh, for some some folks, and stop sending your kids to school. Like I know that there's this homeschool movement, a, a really big homeschool movement that's happening now across the United States. Maybe it's start time to maybe it's, it's time to start thinking about homeschooling our kids and not putting our kids with folks that don't love them. Because clearly, you know, if you can if you can have a one day strike, not be sick be an illegal strike, go to the lake and dance, you don't love kids. That's that's what I'm saying. Mm. Great. Well, y'all jump in as you need to jump in, man. I don't yeah. want to have to pick. Let's just have a conversation. But go ahead, brother. Well, I mean, I will say, you know, striking people got to eat too. So maybe they, you know, we got together for a little picnic as they were striking. I don't know. But my, my thing is, weren't they just on strike? And they, a couple people tagged me on Twitter. And what they put up was, they're striking for more black teachers. And I didn't know in brown teacher. I didn't understand it because it, it seemed like out of, you know, it was just like a screenshot. You know, you got to actually be able to read stuff and not just go off of, you know, like a screenshot. But I, I do want to ask about, you know, about that. But that also seems like, you know, um, you know, if it, if it was the heels of a strike, because I remember we, what was that, a year ago? Not even. Um, it was definitely less than a year ago. And, yeah. and the, the, yeah. just to clear that up, maybe that got thrown in there reef, but the major gist that they were saying that they were striking for on this one was they tried to have an injunction on stopping the school closures. And then yeah. Gavin Newsom said, he's not getting involved in that because the state is the one that said you have to right size. Um, and just for yeah. history, for, for my panel, for people listening, Oakland took on an experiment about 20 years ago, 25 years ago. And David can speak more to this if he needs to correct me if I get anything wrong. Oakland was the, the epicenter for what was called the small schools movement. So we took schools that actually had over a thousand students in it or whatnot, and we broke them up into smaller schools because of some data. It was Gates Foundation uh, funded. It was a lot of people. And OCO was one of the organizing bodies um, that helped to like 
organize around this. And what you have now is the relics of these very, very small schools. You have schools that have 300 enrollment, 500 enrollment, 600, 400. And, you know, and they're even falling behind. So some of these schools that are closing and merging, some of those schools are slated to have 100 students uh, enrolled. Um, and so this is in order to stop that. This was their way of protesting that. And they decided to take a Friday off. So, fellas, go ahead and jump in. And, 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 and David, I hope you can stay with us just for the, through the end of this segment, because I want to get some more of your thoughts. Yeah, for sure. I mean, anytime you close in schools, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be, gonna be tough. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Mm -hmm. And. You know, just the, the fiscal responsibility of having schools, you know, like what is the right size is, you know, 50, 100 kids like, you know, can districts afford that is also, you know, is also a question. You know, you got. At some point, if, if they're if they're losing students, if Oakland is becoming too expensive for people to live in, if they're moving out to the to the different counties, they're going to other options, if they're homeschooling, then what do you do with, you know, uh, what? becomes you know a, a cavern almost you know with just a few uh students and i don't know many districts that can afford that in you know in the cities that we you know that our children um you know are in or half of them anyway yep yeah and and, and most of the schools that they're looking at, at closing uh there's a comment earlier um do serve uh you know demographic that's mainly latino and african-american that's almost any most schools in oakland um just given the 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 way that the public school enrollment and demographics work in Oakland. Um, and what we're really talking about are schools that were built and designed to um, enroll and serve um, 600, 700 kids, 800 kids that are down to like 150 or 200. So uh, Sharif, your comments around like cavernous for sure. I mean, from a, a at a basic standpoint, just talking about like, how you run a government system or a public system sorry it, it's just not efficient right and there's a better way to 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 get to the greater good of serving children by running more efficient systems and unfortunately when we talk about this in the the realm of like public school and unions like people just don't think like that you know and i think that's where it gets very problematic because you have big sites big footprint empty classrooms and they're not able to fund, you know, like specialty teachers and after school programs and, and things that children really deserve. Right. I don't think we're honest with the public enough about what the educational politics are behind these news stories that come out around something like a strike. There's an economic side of this. There's a political side of this and there's a racial side of it. And they all kind of converge oh, to oh. me. So let me first say this. Not every school district has teachers striking all the goddamn time because there's some bedroom communities that wouldn't put up with it for longer than four days. So Hello. if you notice, this often happens in very urban, very blue, very poor school districts with um, with middle class teachers and poor students. That's where this this happens the most because they can get away with it. This doesn't happen. You're not watching suburbs every five days talk about a, a strike because they have political power amongst their parents who wouldn't put up with their kids getting their learning interrupted every five days uh, to win a political battle. The other thing is we got to talk just like foundationally about what a strike is when it talks about teachers in a public school. They are literally saying the way that I will win the battle against my bosses is I will hurt the kids and that will bring you to the table. It will be expedient. 
This is the, this is, I've said this in previous shows. This is Batman Joker type stuff. I know you will respond if I hurt the kids, if I put their schooling on hold for days, that's my nuclear button. That's my first strike. That's my, whatever I want to get out of you, I can get it that way. Right. Right. Because of the, 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 so just think about the morality of what I just said. The way I'm going to win my battle with my employers is I'm going to hurt children as my pawns, as my human shields. And then this is what I, what they have done. They have perfected the language of equity. But I'm doing it for the kids and for racial equity and for more black teachers and for more equitable schools. Well, what's equitable about a school district? So, so let me just I'm going to quick just say it this way. The teachers unions hire their own bosses by electing slates of union candidates onto the school board. They then they then throw rocks at that school board to get untenable contract negotiations that the district can't afford, but they make them sign it anyways. Very stupid school boards sign contracts that they can't afford and eventually have to face a reckoning further down the, the road. But they keep kicking the can down when that reckoning comes. They have to right size schools because they they're on the hook for money they don't have. And then. The teachers that elected them, their own bosses, come and say, don't you dare close the schools and, and we won't lose any jobs um, because we will strike. Right. That's the vicious cycle. And if you think about urban children who are already behind, who are sitting in half empty schools, who aren't getting lessons, aren't learning, and their teachers are demographically very different than them in terms of mm -hmm. their college educatedness, their middle classness their pensionness, all of that. This is not something that goes on in every community. This goes on in our communities because they can get away with it. One last thing I'll say about that, because I know that's like a long kind of dynamic that wheel that I'm, I'm, I'm pushing there. But the, the, the teachers and the unions who do this over and over again, um, they have perfected the language to get, help them get away with it. But communities have to start fighting back on some really basic things. Do whatever you want to do, but don't let the kids miss a day of school. There you go. Hold Absolutely. kids harmless, hold their learning harmless, or else we will treat you like the Joker in Gotham. You do whatever else you need to do. Fight some other kind of way. Matter of fact, I might even support you. If, if your, if your uh, administration is that bad, I might even help you fight them. But mm -hmm. I'm not going to help you put my kids behind in math, reading, science, and everything that they need every day. Absolutely. Real quick, David, because I want, because again, I, I think y'all made a really good point. I don't know if the community fully understands what's always at play because our community loves our teachers, right? Like there are a few teachers that I'm sure probably didn't vote in this, but have been like, hey, I think there's a strike coming. Make some plans for Friday. Do X, Y, and Z. And you know what? Students and parents are trying to support their teachers, right? They're trying to support them. But there has to come a point where it says, why is the bargaining chip always my kid's education? Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. I'm not even mad at teachers for trying to get their just doers, trying to fight for this. And to be very fair and honest, Kyla and Charles Cole, before it even got to this point, we used to, and David, you can attest to this. We were telling people these schools are in trouble. This is not sustainable. We have emergency funds for this year, but this is the plan that we have for Lafayette. This is the plan that we have for this school. Every school that was on that list four years ago, where we tried to bring people out to talk about, mm -hmm. nobody showed up. Nobody wanted to have a conversation. So now that something is closing, now it's racist and it's this, it's this that, and the third. And we found money 
to maintain those schools in that time. So for a parent, let me just put it in perspective. Let's say I'm negotiating. Ray is my friend and Ray loves me. But every time I negotiate, I'm saying, Ray, but I got to take your car. I got to take your car every time. Like, Ray got kids. He got mm -hmm. he got a family. He got to do what he got to do. Hey, we, we striking again on Friday. I know you support me, but I need your car. At some point, Ray got to say, hey, man, I support you. I got love for you, but you need your own damn car. This cannot always be the option, mm -hmm. especially when kids can't read. Like, the mm -hmm. our kids cannot yeah. afford to lose more time. I didn't mean to cut you off, David, but I think yeah, that's no. what you said, Chris. A lot of people don't understand like there's a lot of different emotions that's in that space. Yeah. And I, I don't think any of us on this show are, are like anti-union or anti-strike. Like when the time is right and when the conditions are there, like that's the thing to do. Um, I've talked about it on our podcast. Um, I'll talk about it. Brother here. David, parents... why do we always have to say that? Tell me what we always have to. Like, I was about to always... say there are some anti-union people on this show, David. Maybe, maybe. I'm anti-terrorism against kids, but this is what I want to say, David. I just want to ask you this: we we have to be so. Why do we have to be so gentle all the time and and prove that? Like now, this ain't about hating teachers. Now I love teachers. Oh, and this ain't about. Do you think of any other villain in any movie where we have to say, "But I don't hate the Joker now." I just, I just. So my, I my, mean, my point. Do. I get you. Go I ahead, get bro. you. My point is like all unions are not created equally, right? We know that. So my parents were farm workers. They were part of the United Farm Workers Union, right? It's currently, um, you know, a, a large union in, in many states in this country, and it's a union that our my governor Gavin Newsom is basically dunking on. He won't even meet with them, right? to allow them to have easier path towards, um, you know, moving towards collective bargaining because of pressure that he's getting from uh, corporations and the agriculture industry, right? So you're talking about a union that is designed to protect immigrant workers against private capitalist organizations. The next thing we're talking about is a white collar union that is designed to protect government workers from government. That's a very different thing, right? And so I, I think I, the reason I say that is because it's not like a, it's not a binary thing. I think you can be um, pro-union, pro-worker, we are, but at some point it just gets ridiculous. And I think we're seeing that with what's happening in Oakland Primarily, you know, going back to this concept of like who's teaching our kids. We talk about this a lot with um, with uh, police forces, right? We want to have police that live in the community, uh, that know their neighbors, that have to shop with you, that you know go to church with you, whatever it be. And we should demand the same of our teachers. And when we have teach a teaching force that doesn't live in the community where they work, we lose what's called natural accountability. They don't have to go home and talk to these people. They can get in their car, go through a tunnel, go over a bridge, um, and they have no accountability, right? They pop in, we've talked about this, look at Minneapolis, right, what's happening there. Same thing is happening in Oakland. Um, and so that's why I'm saying like, it's not a yes or no, it's complex, right? Uh... Mm-hmm, it's complex. You need to put a foot in that complex, but <laughs> so we need to I, I never. <laughs> Just, just to, ahead, just to clarify, clarify real quick. I'm not anti-union. I'm just pro-child. There you go. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. And I mean, and, and again, I did, I did a horrible job. But you know, David. No, I, I mean, because and so, like, what David's talking about again. I'm in the Bay Area, right? I used to live in Stockton. 
you know, like Cesar Chavez, right? Like there's that legacy there around those atrocities that's happening. And what I think David's saying, and David can do this itself, but there is a clear delineation between the type of treatment that one of these groups was getting and the other group. I put it like this. The farm workers wasn't quitting on Friday and going to the lake to have a party. They was trying not to get massacred. And in some instances, people were killed. Right. So, I mean, I think that that's what he's kind of talking to. But, David, I did a horrible mm -hmm. job. Run down your resume real quick and just the work that you've done in Oakland. And, you know, th this is not your first dust up with the union. So I didn't let people know you. I didn't let people check your jacket. Uh, and then, you know, give us your final thought before we move on to the next topic, brother. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, going back, I, um, I'm a second generation, um, you know, educator. Like I had a, a, a previous career um, before going back and entering education in my late 20s. Um, I taught for many years and then went on to become a, a, a principal. I've served in administrative roles probably for about 15 years, mainly in Oakland and San Francisco, mainly in charter schools, but also in San Francisco Unified and Oakland Unified. Um, and like I said, going back, my parents were farm workers. They had, I mean, they grew up, um, you know, picking, picking cotton, picking tomatoes, picking artichokes um, in, in the South, in Texas picking cherries in the upper peninsula in, you know, in Michigan, they've been all around the country. They, they traveled a lot, you know, in the fifties and sixties. Um, and so those are my roots. Right. And so we came from that. I'm a first generation college student. My sisters and brothers are too. And we've transformed our family within one generation because we had access to education because my parents valued that they worked to make sure that we had those opportunities. So that's like basically the root of, of, who I am. I mean, I've done a lot of other different things, um, but I'm also, I mean, based on that, and I think, you know, based on your all, your experience, like, I'm not afraid to call this stuff out. You know, I'll call it out because at the end of the day, like, I believe that I'm right based on my values and my experience and the struggles that my parents had to endure just so I could even be able to do the things that I've done in my life. Right. So um, I have zero problems calling this stuff out. I call it out on social media, call it out here, um, you know, and, and I'll speak truth to power whenever somebody gives me a microphone to do so. And so thank you for having me on today. That's what's up, man. Thank you so much for being with us, man. Anybody want to say anything by the David before he leaves? Yeah, I, listen, I'm, I would love just to um, connect you. with you because it's going Philly, I think, is going to be right behind you all um, right now. They're mm -hmm. trying to see how to right size. Um, the, but the last time they closed buildings were like those huge behemoths, 2000 students. Those buildings are still in Germantown High School is still mm. empty up on Germantown Avenue, taking up massive blocks, adding the urban. Y'all don't listen. Y'all don't listen to you me. I mean, y'all don't listen to you. Me. Oh, my no. fault. Dr. How you hey. didn't listen to Ray? Okay. Loft, loft conversions. Oh, my God. turn yes. them sisters to loft conversion. There it is. Okay, proposed hey. that in Oakland. Okay. Hey, but, but, that, but think, no. think about it. In Oakland, it will work. If the schools close down in Oakland, it will work because, you know, y'all getting priced out of the neighborhoods anyway. So that would be affordable housing for teachers. Well, here's the thing. All the schools are not struggling with enrollment. Uh, there are certain schools that are struggling with enrollment. And some of those schools that's not start struggling with enrollment tend to be schools like the ones David has started and ran. Uh, but some of those schools have a wait list. And so, again, we can go, we're going to go into a whole different show. So, if we but go I, got there. A, I, got a, I got a question for y'all, though, right? You see people in the, in, in the audience commenting, right? And when we talk about unions, you always try to, you always get these folks that lump unions and, and what they collectively bargain, like everybody is, everybody has the same problems or everybody has the same issues, right? So you'll get folks that are like, 
oh yeah, unions are great because they 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 take uh, uh, female teachers and, and 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 teachers of color and they 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 properly advocate for them, right? So my pushback to that is everybody don't have the same issues. So like if I'm a teacher of color, I don't have the same issues as as, as everybody else, right? And so I I don't, I don't need so I always feel like this. Right. I feel like I don't need anybody to advocate for me because I'm a good teacher. And so at the end of the day, I'd rather bargain for myself. But that's just me personally. But I can see how other people would need someone to collectively bar bar uh, bargain for them. And I'm not against it. But I don't like when people try to put people of color and try to make it seem like the plight of people of color is the same as everybody else's plight because it's not. That's it. Yeah. And I also think that there's a conflation of white women issues and then people of color. I and also think that. And, and it is not the same, especially in a place like Oakland, where the pay scale is very, very pronounced. Uh, and I think that there's a and here's the thing. Fight for what you need to fight for. Have your union do things. Just don't sacrifice kids at every tee, at every angle. That's all we saying. Y'all fight is your business. That's adult issues. But don't yeah. rope in families. Don't make people feel uncomfortable because guess who's not doing this? Private schools are not doing this. Certain charter schools are not doing this, right? It's the most. schools that have the most vulnerable children in a city that's bleeding black and brown children. Straight up. So they, so I'm just maybe sick they of need talking like about a, them. A hostage negotiation right. uh, teams when this kind of stuff happens. You know? And those we kids need to start teaching, teaching. You know, teaching. You know what? Listen, a lot of people love their, you know, captors often Absolutely. start loving their, their, you know, the people who have them captive. And that's, you know, Stock listen, Holson. you know, Listen, more to Stockholm, plantation syndrome. Plantation used to mm -hmm. take our oh, youth geez. from young and make them love the mistress of the house. There's whole ass books written about it, so people should go read it. I'm not down for the ignorance. All the like, oh my, I mean, listen, right. we always, when we're talking about what you're doing, bad things to children, we always have to divert on this path. But you know, unions this and unions that, and they, but they do do some good and they do blah, blah, blah. God damn it, I'm not talking about that. I don't, I don't care about what good they do. I don't care about, you know, who they're helping, blah, 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 who they're hurting. When it comes to this one point, are the kids out of school after missing two years of instruction, uh, decent instruction, just like even marginal instruction over two years? Did McKenzie put out a report that said that they like a year or more behind and that the worst and most uh, 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 egregious kind of gaps are going to be for the kids that can afford it the least. Do we, do we already have that as information? Because if we do and you want to fix, you want to win a fight by, by making them lose another day of school, that's not even any more about how I feel about unions. That's not even more about, you know, what they've done for women and what they've done for, you know, and thank them for the weekend and all that type of nonsense. That is academic, middle class, college educated bullshit is what that is. Facts. Right. If they are still in our ear and still in our feed right now talking about, you know, well, you guys sound kind of anti-union. I don't give a shit. You sound like people that had black and brown children out of school this last week. Yep. That's what you sound like. Why were they out of school? Help me understand. Yo, honestly, bro, I'm, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. It, it may it, it may offend some people. Who gives a shit? Listen, if you're in this audience right now and you of uh, you are of the belief, right, that it was okay Friday for kids to be out of school in order for adults to expand uh, whatever they're trying to do, mm -hmm. I don't fucking want you listening to my show. Or our show, right? Well, I'm not gonna go, say all that now. Uh, yeah, you guys said that. I say that. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing, though. So right? you only like, want people and, to listen that they, with you, like I, like I. That's think, not what I. That's not what I said. Well, that's what you heard. No, I, I get what you said. I said. 
I think, I think, I think what's going to happen here is like, we could have this, we we could have like a check-in show in like two months. Um, So I'm inviting myself back in two months and it'll be like a quick (laughs) two, it'll be a quick, like two minute, you know, um, update uh, little cameo. And I'm going to say like, at the end of the day, the strike actually produced no different result than what was going to originally happen. And that's really the case here. I mean, these schools are going to be closed. They're going to be merged. And you that's know, what we and just I, experienced in Minneapolis. That's the exact right. same thing we just experienced. Exactly. Except for, except for, it did make a difference in that we're another week and a half, maybe two, three weeks behind on instruction. And kids are going to have to try and make that up at the end of the summer this year. And the teachers are fighting to have to do the additional days to catch up over the summer. Oh, they don't want to do it. It's going to be there. Right? Oh, and that pay right? bonus oh, is going right? to be there. That pay right? yeah. that bonus They're is fighting there. to not even yeah. do those days. Yeah, but see, but, but see, Go yeah, ahead, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. No, no, well, go ahead, go so ahead. In, and so so in districts like these, right? You also see people that are advocating for no, no standardized tests. Like, oh, you shouldn't test. You shouldn't test. Why the fuck shouldn't we? If you if you taking up you taking off Fridays going into the lake, why the hell should I know where my kid is at? Is yeah, that? like take so our word can, for it. So I can take now hold you. Ac- so I can now hold you accountable for the fact that you strike. You you went on a strike that was unnecessary, and you ended up getting the same thing that you that you asked for initially. Like that makes no sense, man. Asking where black and brown kids are um, academically is racist. Closing schools are racist. Apparently, apparently, Uh, like you know what I mean. Like everything's racist. Everything's racist except for the teachers who aren't teaching our kids, walking out on them. And then this is my favorite part because I said I don't know what y'all got going on in Oakland, but in Minneapolis, majority of our teachers don't live in the city. They live in suburban communities who take their Mm -hmm. paycheck from the city back to the suburbs with them to schools that are operating every day. Schools that are open and their kids are in schools that are open, right? That's it's right. only the Negroes in the city where they come in to teach. They drive in, they they parachute, they do their little lesson plan, they mm-hmm. grab that pension and that paycheck, they take it back to their bedroom communities, and their kids in those communities are in school every day. They're not missing That's no school great. time. And yep. they are testing. Really? And they're being tested. And, save your right? complex. And David, save David, I've kept you. you way longer. Uh, apologize to your wife. Oh, Thank you, brother. Thank you so, so much. You all can catch David and us Every Thanks, single David. Friday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Uh, on the South Star Classroom. Hey, Thank David, you, David. I haven't, again, I haven't been on it. I haven't been on it in a while. Looking for an invite, sir. Dave, Let's go. Let's, Let's go. stay that way. You can come this Friday. <laughs> <laughs> we got you this Friday. David, have a good one, man. And the only reason I wanted to have David do it is because David runs schools and he runs into the union a lot. Like, they harass him in different ways. And just to the point for people that think that we're not advocating for teachers, get what you need, but you can do a sit-in. You can go and take over the board. You can get on TV. You can do all, there's a whole, there's a plethora of things and ways you can advocate for yourselves and for, and for salary or for trying to stop these school closures, even though they have been coming down the pike for a long time, that do not involve sacrifice and learning for children. That is yeah, the main those, point. Yeah, but the, all those options that you gave, there, there's no hostage in that involved in that. And they ain't going for that. You need a hostage. No. And you know what? This is where I will say for sure it's not just about the union. Because in each of these cities, it isn't really just the union. Those are the workers. But they have social support from white women and and middle-class families outside of the the union and the schools who in public will say, I stand with teachers. They'll put pressure on it. They'll do whatever the teachers union tell them to do. They'll show up to whatever. You know, they'll back the teachers up. The teachers, when they do this, know that they have the backing of a lot of middle-class families that will stand with them no matter what. Right. And they know that they don't have a lot of resistance and pushback from the proletariat. That, that that's that's the real issue there. 
So yeah. it's it's not I don't know how it is anywhere else. I know in Minneapolis, it was a lot more than just the teachers that were in support of them striking. There was all kinds of, oh, you yeah. know, uh, uh, well to do white families online pushing their pop propaganda around. They're trying to stop privatization. We got to stand with our teachers. They're 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 trying to stop, you know, testing the kids and whatever. You mean they're trying to stop privatization as the kids go to private kids are in private schools. Private schools? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Right. And and here's or while they or while or while during the strike they had private tutors. That was my favorite part. All I'm saying is is that the same parents that have been supporting the same students that have been supporting you need to now ask your teachers to support you and whatever that needs to look like for you. You need to now say, hey, what does higher growth look like? What does actually more rigor look like? And what does making sure my kid is not growing up to be a popper look like? Because kids are graduating Mm -hmm. and not able to read, not able to do basic things. But we still talking about we got higher black graduation. It's because we push kids through. But and I look at spreadsheets. And again, I'll just end this and we'll go to the next topic. A lot of the four of us have something that a lot of people in the audience don't have is that we've seen school budgets. We've seen district budgets. We've seen actual spreadsheets. So somebody said, well, what happens? <laughs> well, you know, I, I would say that, too. I would say that, too. I, I think I'm a very handsome young man. But I would say this, right? The reason why those small schools are tough and people can, uh, they, you can support them all you want, but now you have to have a principal at each of those schools. You have to have a grounds crew at each of those schools. You have to have teachers. You have to have TAs at each of those schools. So when that happens and the school's supposed to have 500 but it only has 115, your numbers get out of whack. That math ain't math. And then what happens is the state will come in and take over and then we'll be like, well, why didn't you ta- why didn't you stop the state from taking over? So you get issues like this. It's a vicious cycle that has been happening since I was a child. And we're talking mm-hmm. about it's happening in the city where the first black superintendent was murdered. So there's a lot of things behind all this conversation. Kyla Johnson, Tramel, I have your back. I know it's you perfect. love kids. I've been there with you while you were trying to do the right thing. And I would shame anybody in that city who would try to say that woman ain't black enough or don't care about kids. Because I've been there with her at one in the morning, two in the morning, trying to figure it out and begging you all to come and support us while we were trying to do it. So you have my love and my support. So I appreciate that, uh, Charles. And I'm sure Kyla appreciates that as well. My question to you guys is that if you round up 100 kids in Oakland right now, right? Mm -hmm. You can take 70 of those kids and put them through a battery of tests and they're not on grade level and not highly functioning according to the data, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like when we say 30%, we kind of need to spell that out for people mm-hmm. so that they know like exactly what we're working with here in terms of like what, what kind of disposition kids are in. You got 70 out of 100 kids that can't read. And so like if you can't read, that's an automatic pathway to poverty. It's an automatic pathway to prison, right? That's the school to prison pipeline, right? And so, you know, if, if we're, we're tracing what's happening to these kids, these kids are going to prison. These kids are turning to crime because we didn't do what we needed to do in order to prepare them for society, in order to create good citizens that follow good citizenship, right? And so we, we failed... We failed as a society, right? And so mm-hmm. it's not on the you union. It's, it's, it's on everybody, right? It's on, it's on the CBO. That's true. It's on, That's true. It's, it's, it's on everybody. Like we're failing these kids and we're not having the right conversations, conversations like we're having right now. Like we need to have more frequent conversations like this. The hands need to be in the cities where this shit is going on so that we can highlight it and then do a call to action 
so folks know exactly what's going on so they can get their shit together. It's not right for the black and brown communities that this has happened to. Hey, man, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, as he talks about society, that dovetails right next to uh, our next topic. And in our next topic, uh, Chris brought this to our group, but I, I know a few of us have seen it, and I'll let Chris paint the, the, a better picture. But there was a young girl, very smart, beautiful black girl, and prom is was last week for a lot of people. Uh, and I know Ray has some thoughts on this. And this young lady, this vibrant A student young lady, had a prom date, and the two of them decided to uh, pose for prom pictures with automatic rifles and guns. And uh, the school that the young lady got accepted to, TSU, Texas Southern, I think it was Texas Southern, I'm not sure, uh, has officially rescinded their full-ride scholarship to this young lady. I had a lot of questions when I saw it. I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. One, like, why is this young man standing on her very expensive dress? I don't understand it, why that's happening. I don't know who took these pictures and who was okay with it. But damn, I don't know if TSU had to take uh, the full scholarship away. So, fellas, actually, before fellas jump in, Chris, you brought this to our attention. I had seen it, but I didn't go super in-depth. Break this down for us, brother. What are you seeing? How are you feeling? And what, what should the brothers climb in on? um i don't know that i can set it (laughs) i know i i I don't know that i could set it up any better than you did i mean it's a first of all like losing opportunity educational opportunity because of something like this you know you know what our first experience i mean what our first reaction to that is going to be is that you know somewhere in maga country there are facebook pictures of a white girl with a maga blue life matters uh, dress damn near painted in a con- Confederate flag holding AKs or whatever, right? Like holding guns and, and the whole thing. I mean, you had a member of Congress take her Christmas picture with her and all her kids holding guns or whatnot. So so the gun culture thing, uh, getting, you, um, uh, getting you blocked from having an educational opportunity that's uh, so important to your life is to me just the craziest double standard and respectability politics and a whole bunch of other stuff going on. That said, <laughs> this ain't my favorite picture of us and how we're proceeding in the world, right? Like, so I'm just gonna be real honest with you. My cultural situation and, and mentality is different than this picture. So uh, while I will stand up for this young lady and this individual that is standing on her dress to take a picture and still be able to get the education uh, that they deserve and that they earn, while I will do that, I will at the same time say we have to have some cultural conversations about how we are representing ourselves in our culture. And uh, this ain't my favorite picture of of us. Is all <laughs> it's it. not your favorite picture. You sure? You, you sure about that? It, yeah. I, I don't want it to be my picture or my family picture or my daughter. But well, but let's open, let's open I, it up but, to the fellas, man. But but, I, I, but, I, but I, like I said, mixed feelings because we should be able to do what we want to do. I'm gonna take pictures people don't like. Um, I think we should own guns, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, like I got mixed feelings about it all the way around. Yeah, bro. I should. I, I, let me let me let me go ahead because before you before I give it to Ray and Sharif because I know y'all gonna say something profound. So let me go ahead and get my whack ass comment out the way. <laughs> but it's both, right? It, it, it this is a twofer. Listen, man. It not my fucking daughter. Not my listen. Somebody had to take that picture. Somebody had to okay that picture. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, wait, what's going on in that house to where it's like, yo, we're going to put this out there. Even if we are gun owners, even if we're responsible gun owners, like, are we going to have a conversation, fellas, around the right answer or the real answer? 
The right answer is we should be able to do whatever we want to do, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. white folks get to do this and conservatives do that and this, that, and the third. The real answer is I know who I am. I know where I'm at. And I know there's certain things that I can't do. When I get pulled over, I can't move my hands really fast. I just can't do it. It's just, it's not right. It's not fair, but I want to get home okay. And like, so I, I am very sad that this young lady lost and I think that, you know, with all the news coverage, something will work out. I hope, I pray. Like, I really hope that that happens. But I got, before I can even get there, y'all, I got so many questions. I got three dads of daughters on this, like, freaking line with me. And I'm just, what is the conversation that happens with you all as three black dads that allow, first off, homie standing on the dress. Secondly, I think he had jeans on. Third. I'm standing on that dress. <laughs> like yo like you know how much dresses cost Ray will tell us how much dresses cost later because I can't wait to hear his thoughts he has a really good take that I actually 1000% that's a bad with. take shaming people for their extravagant pros but go ahead no no I'm, listen I, my thing is this you do what you want to do but come on man what, we, what, was the, what was the expectation like what did you think was going to happen and like even if that's a young girl that's a young boy that's a young man or whatever the case is but there were adults involved in this there was an adult somewhere somewhere and and i just feel like those adults felt those young people and i think tsu was kind of you know scandalous for taking that away but i mean am i surprised I don't know. I'm going to let y'all go have at it because I knew I knew mine. Was I, I want to hear what Sharif says because I saw his face he, as we he hated both our takes. So I, want, I, I saw no, it in his I, face. He was trying to hide. I mean, <laughs> look, I mean, I mean, I, in one way, I, I agree with one. I think this is where political education with our children comes in. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I 100 percent agree. Like, you know what? What we see other people's children do, and it's celebrated, and it is fine. Like that's that's a tradition in some white communities, uh, being in your prom dress and having a rifle, like imposing for that. You know what I mean? So like that's, you know, but having a political education for our children and making sure that they're aware of exactly, as you said, where they are. They're in a racist construct that you know, and there will be, there may be, uh, you know, consequences. That you don't want uh, for that. Two, I agree, one hundred percent agree with you. Like you know, uh, taking away her scholarship is, you know, like I, I think that's ridiculous. You know, like having having conversation. I, I think we're too quick to like punish and flog, you know, uh, mercilessly. You know, um, and yeah, like here, this is a perfect example. Like this is a thing in a whole lot of places. I don't mind the, the young boys standing on their dress. I mean, it looked like a rug. Um, part of it is a rug anyway. Like it's that's part of the pose. Not a big deal. Um, but this this picture that you see happens all the time, right? And and I understand like where gun violence is occurring, and it ain't just in our neighborhoods. Like shooting up schools, that's in those type of neighborhoods. And like this type of picture, they have gun clubs in their schools. Even if you opened up a gun club to teach students about proper gun care inside of a black school, imagine the, the pushback. But there are gun clubs, rifle clubs, uh, shooting clubs in a whole lot of white high schools. It is just part of the, the you know, white American thing. And I agree with Chris. We should, you know, 
we should own guns, you know, Negroes with guns. I, listen, you know. and I'm pro, listen, I am pro Blicky. And Ray, you, I, I got you here, brother. I'm pro Blicky. I'm pro gun. I'm pro gun. I'm pro, I am pro. And I've taken pictures of my kids with, Wait, with guns. You yes, know what I mean? Like, yes, I, I want to say I that. Am pro, listen, that. That's why I, I had that face. Listen, like, listen, I told this to Chris. I just, like that. I just saw problem. Chris. I just saw Chris in Chicago. On my way to see Chris, a brother flew in front of everybody and everybody honked at him. Homie stuck his arm out the window with an extendo clip on a, on a handgun and really wished there was some police around at that moment, right? I am pro. I you're wish pro. I had that a gun in my car. in arrest on your part. I, yeah, I, I didn't have no strap on me. I wish I had that. one. And guess what? I won't get caught without one again. I'm not, I am well, not I against us having guns. Anything, even if you had that. Here, here, here's, well, bro, don't, 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 don't challenge me with an extendo. I, I felt my life was threatened. But Sharif, would you allow those angels in your house that I have bought brown, brown crayons and markers for, would you allow her and her date for the prom to have that pose and let that go on social let's, media. Let's, I'm just, let's back up. Let's back up. I don't want them. I just, I just want. Prom. Can you add, don't forget one. to answer that question. Though. I will. I. I. They ain't going to no prom. That's number one. Number okay, two. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. They can two, go wait to. Wait what, what is it? I've taken, I've taken okay. pictures with my kids with rifles. Like I've taken pictures. No, like no, that's fine. We can. We can. Oh, listen, the four of us are. The four of us are pro gun. We can take pictures with rifles, right? I'm good with that. Whatever the equivalent is, Sharif El Mekki. To a prom that you will allow your daughter to go to when she's 16 years old and she has a young man that is her date, would you allow that picture to fly? I, that's all I want to know. I'm just very curious. <laughs> is Sharif silent? Is he speechless? I, Ray, this is your moment. Ray, this is your moment. This is what you were praying for. I, look, yeah. I, I, I don't, you know, listen, my preference would be not to have a picture like that on social media. And I've posted pictures of my kids with guns on social media. Like, you know that's, what I mean? Like, yes. Under supervision so, of I mean, daddy. Yeah. Very different. So here, here's what I'm going to say, right? Um, I wouldn't wonder with some some dude doing that. No. Oh, oh, oh you wouldn't, Sharif? Because no. that's what I, I'm asking about that exact picture. Go ahead. I'm sorry. With right? or without the gun, mind you. With or without no, no the worries, gun. No worries. <laughs> so, um, so I, I just want to. Enough for these. For these uh, Go ahead, Frank. I want to re remind our viewers that uh, Kyle Rittinghouse is 17 years old, right? And so he's of prom age, and he killed two people, right? And you have right-wingers that are bringing him on television shows. They are celebrating him like he is the next coming of, uh, of, of, of someone, right? Uh, but what you do have is you have white folks that are willing to fund his education because they feel like he stood up for the right to bear arms and he did something that makes him, you know, a, a superhero. And so what I will say is this, what I would like to happen is I would like for folks that are black uh, gun owners, the black clubs or whatever to come to the aid of, of, of this young black girl and this, mm -hmm. and this young gent, you know, if she lost a scholarship, that's what I would, that's what I would contribute to a GoFundMe for, like something like that. Like if, if it was something that came out, it's like, hey, you know, this little girl wants to go to college still, whatever. She's a straight A student or whatever. You know, let's get behind her because at the end of the day, you know, one mistake shouldn't be the end Absolutely. of your life. Right. And having having been in a position to where I made a, a fatal mistake, mm -hmm. Dylan Dope. Right. But that wasn't the end of my life because of because people love me. Right. And so I hope that, you know, the folks that love 
uh, this young lady, come to her aid, find a way to send her to college so that she can come back in four years and be like, hey, listen, I made a mistake, but now I'm a college graduate and I'm going to learn people to not make these types of mistakes or whatever, right? Not even that it's a mistake. And to be fair, Ray, I want you to keep going, but it was the Black Gun Owners of America that posted that. They've been following it, and if they do have a GoFundMe, we'll find yeah. it and we'll share it out. Yeah. I just, But they did yeah. step up and, and are kind okay. of trying to advocate That's for this young girl. That's what's up. The next thing is this, right? And so this is going to be a bad take. Wait, yo, wait, wait, wait. Before you go to your bad take, though, Ray, because I know yeah. you're going. Yeah. So, uh, listen, I love all y'all's kids. I give them my last dollars, especially if y'all wasn't around. Your angel, the, the young lady yeah. that I've seen on your social media, oh, if no. at 16... Not oh, even a question. Oh, wait, wait. That's not oh. even a question. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, not I'm not, I'm not Sharif. I'm not a goddamn Philadelphia, <laughs> Philadelphia hillbilly. Yo, I'm No. <laughs> I'm not no no. You're not saying you're saying no about what about the prom no and about, all that. First of all, she ain't going no prom. So, right? so, so you sound like and, she and, no, 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 no. But I'm not. You ain't even never see me on no damn social media with no gun in her arm or whatever. She may have a gun, but they ain't put it on social media. What make that? What if the more. boy, the boy that she came that that wants to take her to prom and yeah. they pose for this picture, Ray, and you're right there. Yeah. What is yeah. happening? Right with there, the right, like, listen, right, no, right there, like right there, like with the Raymond Ankrum. I gotta get close to this. I'm gonna mess up the picture. Man, listen. With the Raymond Ankrum that I know, yeah. my friend, yeah. my yeah. fellow hood friend. I'm like, put, the rest hey, of them, I'm putting, listen, the rest I'm of them is getting Negroes up top. They they get Negroes. I'm putting Me, hands on him. Talk your talk, right? Talk putting, your talk, right? I'm putting my hands on my two black hands, two talk out of the eight head. black hands, talk two talk, out of right? the eight black hands are getting put on him for even coming up with that stupid ass idea to wait, put wait, my wait, daughter wait, in jeopardy. How you know like it that? wasn't her idea? And if it I, was her idea, wait, my wait, hands. How if you it was put if, this if, on the young boy? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Always, always taking the brief. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I concede. Maybe it was her idea. If it was her idea, I'm still putting my hands on his ass from not talking her out of having a bad idea. Right? I don't care where we are in life. Me and you could be best of friends and we could be fighting, but we will have a Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, Bad Boys 2 moment. I yes. can't wait. I will be there for you. Let me know. Because I don't know what Sharif is talking about. I, look, I, go ahead, Chris. What if your daughter... So, Chris, if your daughter wants to do it, you mute it. You mute it. If your daughter wants to do it, that I, I, angel I will say wants this to do much. it, Chris. I do understand where both brothers are coming from. I understand mm -hmm. where Sharif is coming from, but he's coming from a point of black consciousness, right? Absolutely. There's two different ways. This was there's not two black ways consciousness you, in this movie. There's two ways you can own a gun. You can own a gun for the revolution, or you can own a gun to kill your people, right? Right? <laughs> you could be participating in the hip hop kill my own people trade because you want to steal Pop Dog's automobile. Uh, Josh, please and give it, the full screen, sir. Whatever. He deserves <laughs> the full screen for this. But no, Josh, pull up the video, the video that I uh that I was just talking about a second ago. Right. So so some of this is gonna come to uh, respectability politics, and I think it's every father's job to make sure that their daughter never ends up in a picture like that. Um, um, and I'm okay with saying that. Keep but to Sharif's point. Thank you. Thank you. The Chris Rock thing, like every black father's job. <laughs> and I'm not going to go through with the whole joke, but I'm just going to say, um, Josh, if you could put it up to 510, though, and hit play. And I don't know if the if the sound is going to play, but uh, um, this father, this black father is a black homeschool father. A lot of children take place after night or they take place can you, after Can dark. you all hear it? So essentially yeah. what she has yeah. to do, she has to locate her round. I'm sorry, her magazine and her weapon uh, chamber both while answering questions from my curriculum. Three. Two, one, go. Who is Huey P. Newton? An African political activist, a revolutionary, who no longer Bobby Steele, 
co-founder of Black Panther Party in 1966. What do Osama bin Laden, Gaddafi, and Saddam Hussein all have in common? They challenged the dollar bill of the Western banks. Are you a buyer or a seller? Seller. Good job. Okay, see, that's almost that. very different. Very different. That's <laughs> a, a different concept, right? Is this this is a homeschool uh, pedagogical uh, method? Uh, that's a little bit different than that other picture, right? Uh, so while I appreciate Miss Grace, who's the young girl in this in this uh, video, and I follow this brother who's a homeschooler, and he'll say Miss Grace, and he'll ask her questions through the whole thing, and she can with her blindfold on, she can open. Uh, she could take a gun apart, put it back together, clean it and everything while she's blindfolded, while answering questions about black history and a black uh, about black theology. That's a little bit different than standing with Pop Dog in the middle of a street with his crazy uh, Coolio hairstyle. <laughs> like that is racist. You are racist, son. <laughs> That's different. I'm sorry. That I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, why, why he got to be Pop Dog? <laughs> he can be Pop Smoke. He could be a little, little boogie. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. None of us want that young lady to lose her scholarship. None That's of right. us want that young lady to not get her education. Like, That's right. And if we going to keep 100%. having these kind of conversations and we're going to talk about what should be versus what actually is, but yet and still in your house, like in publicly, you might flame us to say this, that, and the third. And I'm not a conservative in the least. But privately, you're going to do everything in your power to make sure that shit don't happen. Then you part of the problem. You part of the problem if we can't have a real conversation. Because if I saw Ray's daughter out doing something, he would want me to be like, yo, bruh, what is happening? And I feel like the, everybody on this call would. And I feel like you listening would, too. And what I'm saying is there was an adult there somewhere at some place, whether it was a parent, an uncle or aunt or just a friend, an adult failed them in that moment. And somebody should have had a conversation with that young man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, Josh, give me the screen, man. I don't want nobody to get in trouble for my antics. Uh -oh. <laughs> so, ah, man, let me stretch out, right? Did you have to stretch um, for that? Yeah, man. Hey, so so here's the deal, right? So it's graduation season, right? And so what you'll see at graduation season and prom season is you'll see folks that are spending money on shit that they ain't got no business spending money on. So, for example, you'll have a parent that will go out and buy a Ferrari for one night, right? So I'm going out and I'm going to rent a Ferrari for my kid to go to prom because I want everybody in the hood to know that my, my kid went to prom in a Ferrari, right? That's one experience. But I tell you what, right? That's insane. Because your kid could have the same glory and you could celebrate your kid the same way by saving that money and putting your kid through college and then celebrating him or her uh, when they graduate college, right? And so... You know, and I don't want to just put put it on on parents to say that you have to send your kids to college in order to be successful. We know that they can go to trade school. We know that they can do whatever it is they want to do as long as we set the bar high for our kids. But I feel like, you know, by us trying to go bankrupt or y'all trying to go bankrupt by trying to impress other people that don't give two shits about y'all. Right. I don't think y'all doing this the right way. I don't think y'all approaching prom the right way. And I think it's stupid. It's foolish. Right. And so mm -hmm. that's my hard take on that. Uh, put that money in a bank account, an interest bearing bank account and buy your kids some books the first day of school for college. Right. Um, that's where I'm at. That's me, bro. That's just, <laughs> just, just, just steal people's joy. I know. I just find this amazing because this is coming from a brother that spends a whole lot of money on Merces, 
has a whole what? lot of whoa, 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 whoa. Ooh, like, violence. Violence. I'm just saying, like and I'm just, here for it. So they're, they're they're doing something that they 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 want to celebrate their kid. Look, we had somebody in Philly that had a whole camel and had imported sand on the block. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> <laughs> and had a camel. My thing was, I was trying to get in touch with, like, yo, y'all go cook that joint when you're done, or like, where, where you feel? Like, where you get the camel from? You know what I'm saying? I, I should have to go all the way to Algeria or Iran to get a camel burger. But yeah, you know I mean, like, that's that's a different, whole different topic. But before, you buy expensive mercies, man. Hey, first off, first off, first off, stop counting pockets. We're not gonna do that. Secondly, he just, he just finished wait, wait, pockets. Wait, wait, no, no, no. He did. Wait, say, he wait, did. Wait. Ray, and I'm gonna talk about Ray like he ain't here, but I got his back on this one. We <laughs> fight a lot. We fight a lot. We started off fighting before this damn show happened, but I got his back. Everybody ain't able. Say it with me now. Everybody ain't able. If you got the funds and it's not an issue. That's your business. I don't, I actually don't care what you're doing, right? Like, that's your bread. You know, I draw the line at the guns thing, and like, I just felt like we had to have some common sense. That don't mean I don't think we should be gun, we shouldn't be gun owners. We shouldn't train our daughters and sons how to use those guns. I'm a firm believer in having uh, all those licenses or whatever the case is. But everybody don't have the same income. If you want to mortgage your place and your future to, to have a, one great night, hey man, go ahead, do your thing. There are people that do that with their weddings, right? They spend a whole bunch of bread. When all that money could have went to a down I never heard, house. I, I never heard Ray shaming them. He just Free, shaming freedom, parents. Freedom, 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 freedom is about being able to make dumb decisions. It's about you being able to make decisions. And, dumb, and sometimes those are dumb decisions. What I heard Ray saying was, here's some game for you. I don't think he said, I ain't going to be your friend. I ain't going to like you. I think that you, this, that, and the third. But free game would say, yo, instead of that 20000 you about to spend on this kid's birthday party that, or, or prom that you don't have, Here's something that you can do. But guess what? Ray is in a different political, he is in a different financial situation different where he can afford a merch. You, no, you, you said it right the first time. Now, all I'm saying is, <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is, where, where does common he sense come just in like him. He sounded just like him. You know what Listen, all I'm saying is, the average person spends $1,000 on prom. You could say a lot, a lot of, of things. Money, you can say, well, that thousand dollars could be in, you know, in stock. Like, you know, you could or buy them ugly behind or, You know, we we all like um we all circulated a story not that long ago about the mom who gave her two like I, I think 11, 12 year olds uh vending machines for Christmas. Hey, hey, that's actually for smart. Birthday, that's right? super smart. And that's about a thousand dollars. That's about a thousand dollars for a vending smart. machine, right? So so you could do that, but what I want to tell you right now, where where Ray is uh, is offbeat. Uh, 110% here right now and I'm just going to say it your baby girl come to you and ask you for a dress uh-huh. that's within your capability of uh-huh. making happen uh-huh. thank God that I have a wife because whatever my daughter asks for is going to happen if there's no intervention oh yeah Chris from, is a punk for his daughter I, I am from, a witness I'm a, I'm a I am a my witness I'm a punk right. for my daughter too however I mean, however, how, however you know, it's just, we, just going to happen we we have the level set. We have the expectation set in terms of like in ter- like my kids. My kids know that they can get anything they want. However, the way that I'm raising them, I'm raising them to know that at at you come to me when none of your other ideas work, right? When none of, uh, none of your other ideas in order for you to then you come to me and we make it happen, right? But I, I'm teaching them that agency for them to be able to go out and and, and get their own stuff. 
I'm teaching my boys. Hey, Hey, stick to your point, Ray. <laughs> I'm not no, teaching hey, my daughter hey. that. No, he sounds like he backpedaling a little bit, or he's saying yeah. it's good no, no, enough no. for me, not for thee. That's what it right. sounds like a little don't, bit. Don't have me out here on a limb for it you. It sounds like a little patriarchy. What I heard him say was everybody not able. And again, you do what you want to with your bread and your family. I ain't mad at that. I Y'all saw me when I went to Kentucky and my little cousin. I told her to get one book. She brought four. And $400 later, we got a whole bunch of stuff. But here's the difference. I got it. I got it. Hey, it's but, not but putting see, me out of house see, and home. I, that makes but, me a little uncomfortable. You, you should talk hey, about like, I'm, I got it. Y'all don't. Because so here's I'll the thing. No, no. Like, oh, I grew Wait, wait, wait. Let me. I got, wait a, a second. I grew up in shelters. My clothes came out of a Salvation Army bin. When we got an apartment, all my cereal came out of a bag. The point that I'm making is, it's not that I go splurge and I go do this, that, and the third. But if you have a family to raise and you are slow and you ain't got it, then you ain't got it. And I grew up understanding that we ain't have it. But guess what? I was motivated to go get it. And y'all yeah. are my witness. And, and y'all fear my witness. You see me go get it, don't you? You see me get up yeah. and go get it every single day. And when I'm, I'm don't steal joy from your kids. I'm not saying that. Do what you got to yeah. do. You know what I'm saying? What I heard Ray saying, what yeah. I heard him saying was, listen, there, there's ways for her to be happy and for there to be a good prom situation. And hey, here go, here go something that might change the, the, the level of wealth in your family. Because I'm talking so, to three other people that are yeah. considerably more wealthy than all of us grew up. That's what yeah. I'm, that's all I'm so, saying. So, so here, and here's another thing that I'm doing besides buying a thousand dollar prom dress. I'm making sure that both of them go to college for four years and come out with no debt, right? That's something that wasn't afforded to me. I got debt out my ass, even though my mom, love her to death, could have ensured that I did not have debt because she was a veteran at the time and all vets' kids go to school for free. But my mom is like one of them folks that's in the hood. Like, I ain't giving you my social security number. Wait, wait, hold on, right, right. How old is your son gonna be when he graduates from high school and goes to college? Wait, how many how uh, many college so, graduates is he graduating so with? Right. No, no. So he's in his first semester at, at community college right now. How old and, is he? Uh, he's he's 16. Oh, um, okay. 16 years old. He's taking uh, 14 credits right now. He went in with, uh, I think he had 12 credits already. So he'll, by this time next year, he'll be graduating with his associate's degree. He has a job, Charles. He works at the Banana Republic. He's making good. Of course, he works at Banana Republic. That was a selfish thing. That. Yeah. His daddy, yeah. his daddy pimped yeah. out his son. Just for the record, yeah. his daddy said, "Hey, I, hey, I went to the discounts they get. What the discounts they get for the discount? It's a discount. Stop it. It's a discount at Banana Republic if you a teacher. It's twenty percent if you a teacher off top. So it's definitely more if you're an employee. Don't let Ray lie to you. Listen, hey. I went in. It was like, hey, we need we need somebody dependable. He's been hounding me, talking about he needs a job. He wants a job. He wants to stack. He wants to make mad cheddar. I'm like, all right, we can make mad cheddar. Sixteen dollars an hour for a sixteen year old—that's unheard of. Right? I didn't make sixteen dollars an hour until I graduated college. So, I love yeah. this last point. I love it. Like, listen, instead of, you know, prom shaming people for like, you know, spending mm-hmm. things on their precious children or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I love where we end. I, I Life love is where hard we ended. in the hood yeah. and they, they doing something to bring jo- a little bit of joy. After they went to some yeah. jacked up school, da da da, they about to reef, do something. Reef, reef, uh. reef. Listen, man, I see, I see folks from, 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 from my hood in Covington, Louisiana, right? They celebrating their kids. They graduating high school, right? They are graduating high school uh, in these next couple of weeks. And I see these folks throwing extravagant parties for them, graduating high school. Like the high school is the bar. 
when that shouldn't even be the bar. The bar should be them graduating from college, right? And so four years from now, when I go home, I'm going to see these kids that graduated from high school that are now like in the streets, roaming the streets, like with no direction or whatever, because the direction that they should have gotten would have been like, okay, so what college are we going to, right? Or, or, or like, you know, if I don't know anything about college because I didn't go to college, who can I now hook up with that went to college? Because listen, there's folks all through my neighborhood that have graduated college that have went to HBCU, Southern Grambling, uh, uh, Tulane, uh, Suno, uh, you know, all these New Orleans schools. I just had a little cousin that just graduated from med school, um, LSU, New Orleans. Right. And so now he's doing he's doing his residency uh, coming this fall. And um, at, at LSU Baton Rouge, shout out Joe Bradford Jr., man. Hey, so, Ray, so Ray, if they're not going to college, yeah. that's not because they went because they had a prom, though. No, yes, it is. The prom is what, <laughs> it, what, what just the prom is nothing what I said. You go to the prom and you spend a thousand dollars, your rest. life is jacked up forever. Like, you, hey, this hey. is your fault. Skid hey, row, prom, skid row, direct correlation. Can, can, I, can I tap? Can I tap Ray out? Can I tap Ray out? Let me let me let me be Ray. Let me be Ray for a minute. Let me. I got you, Ray. I, I got Charles. Got you, brother. Listen, Covington, Louisiana, poverty is a different type of poverty. Louisiana, yeah. dirty South poverty is a different type of poverty. And we have somebody else who lived in Louisiana that I'm and he lived in the Bay Area and he lived in Minnesota. I'm sure he can also attest because I lived in Kentucky. Those type of poverty is a different type of poverty. And what I yeah. think that I hear the brother saying, because I saw this in Kentucky, I saw this when I just went, is that, yo, you in the projects right now. And I'm talking about people I love, right? Rent is $112. You feel me? Like, yo, man, I want your kid to go to prom too. But you ain't got three thousand dollars on prom right now. And again, I'm not telling people what to do with their coin. This but no, I'm not. But let me tell you this: if you if you spend it, tell them what not to do. With I'm not. You know I'm mean? not. I'm telling you. I, I think I'm telling you what not to do. And I think. But but listen, man. But you can do what Chris said. Listen, I'm talking about getting ahead. If we're gonna talk about elevating our people, if we're gonna talk about the difference between the right answer and the real answer, yo, getting your kids. Vending machines, yo, if in Covington, Louisiana, hey, yo, that's a different type of flex. That's a different type of that's a different type of, uh, of financial literacy. And the only reason I'm pushing back so hard on you three is because I know what you're instilling in your kids. I know the information and knowledge that you have that some of them people do not have. Some of these people that I share blood with, some of these people that I share a name with, you know why? Because I get asked for money from them, and then I'm looking and I'm like, oh wait, is it prime is happening? Is that where my is that is that what happened? Oh no 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 right. And so I'm just saying, are we gonna have real conversations about our community and what needs to happen? The same way we can go hard on racism, the same way we can go hard on white people, the same way we can go hard on systems. Are we gonna have these same kind of conversations around us making better decisions? And I'm saying it as somebody who makes poor decisions sometimes. Everybody does. Nobody's perfect. But come on, I don't man. think this is one of them though. This is this is what I'm gonna say. Like yes. I agree with you. We have to have some cultural conversations that run deep on some things that we wouldn't normally talk about. Uh, um, I don't know that this is one of them. Right. Like, and this is the only reason why I would say that, like, even me, who will uncle, uncle, out uncle ruckus you any day of the week. Oh, I'm not uncle, I, I ain't no uncle ruckus at all. That, listen, no, no, but thing. I'm just saying if, if, if we had to have an uncle ruckus off, I could I could win. But this is what I would say about this one thing. You just said, <laughs> you just said poverty in Louisiana. You just said poverty you know in Louisiana. Different. You know it's you different. You just said no. it's different. It is mm -hmm. different. I'll tell you how it's different. Yes. Mm -hmm. my, my Louisiana family in deep poverty 
can be more celebratory and Absolutely. at peace with, with life and loving life with less than Absolutely. some people in other hoods and ghettos that I have been through. When I left Louisiana and went to other places, I saw some of the most depressed, poor people of my life when I left, right? There, there is a culture of celebration. There is a culture of, of um, honor and, and, and it's and it's the party. This is why people love to come to New Orleans, right? They love to come to New Orleans, not because it's so poor or depressed or those type of things, but because there's just a part of life, a way of life of like, listen, my, all my milestones, my birthdays and all those type of things that I'm sure they did more for me and did extra like, you know, extended family and everything. Then they they wanted or, you know, whatever. It was just part of life. I went other places where people don't even know their 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 extended family don't even know the you know, like outside of their nuclear family they don't celebrate nothing really and they don't so these things like prom and mardi gras and birthdays and holidays and even some holidays that people don't have elsewhere or whatnot they're just see it's it's a it's a it's just different in some ways i i, I don't know that i'm gonna fault anybody in in these things uh, uh and part of education is social that's the other thing like you want your kids to do well academically. You want them to to go to college. You do want all that. You also don't want them the kid that gets the cheese sandwich because they didn't pay their money for their lunch. You know, you also want them to be like you you sacrifice a lot of things to make sure your kids don't get certain types of embarrassment uh in school. Uh I know my parents did it for me at times like, you know, uh, uh my dad when he didn't <clears throat> absolutely always have what we needed Mind necessarily Mind right <laughs> i mean like listen you know go to but then that was the benefit of like louisiana poverty the benefit of louisiana poverty is you have big systems of cousins and uncles and aunts or whatnot you can always scrape things together like people come together for stuff right like like that prom dress i'm sure multiple people had a hand in that prom dress that we're talking about tonight like that one person that the, 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 but the we ain't talk, I, young lady i'm not talking about the we're talking about her with the guns we're talking about the guns i know i'm just her. saying i'm just saying that the what the way i remembered those things working though i wouldn't have had to come out my pocket for $1000 by myself you know, if baby girl is about to have one of those. You got all kinds of aunts and uncles and other people kind of making things happen. Right. Uh, and I, I'm not with Ray. I don't think like because you overextend yourself on a milestone like that, uh, like Sharif was making fun of, like, it kills your dreams. <laughs> we bought you that dress. You're never going to college now. <laughs> I hope you wear that dress every day. Hope you wear it to the club. Hope you get married in it. But he's a fiscal conservative. But he's a fiscal conservative. And my, my thing is, even if I don't fully agree with every single part of it, let's not act, let's not do the thing where we act like we don't understand what he's saying. That's all. That, like, not? let's not act like Why not? I don't understand what he's he, saying. Because he, he didn't say nothing crazy. Listen, <laughs> he, he did. did. I've, uh, listen, here's here's my thing is, it's uh, my thing is, it's not that I would spend that money on a prom dress. Like I, I wouldn't, and I don't think it's the end of the world. And I think the idea of community uplift is, I think there are different ways to do it. I, and I, I just wouldn't go about it like shaming them for 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 that type of thing, particularly when I know schools, communities, and other places ain't teaching fiscal responsibility anyway. They ain't teaching financial literacy anywhere, hardly. And you know that's just now starting to be a conversation. Like, oh, maybe we should we should teach financial literacy, right? Like, and it it ain't just it ain't just that group there's a whole lot of i say america is financially illiterate about the money Absolutely. they spend on weapons and 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 guns uh, to me that's the perfect example of financial illiteracy you're not going to invest in, in the people in your community you're going to invest in warfare like 
Well, but not not only financially bankrupt, you morally bankrupt. So there's a whole lot of things. I think just sometimes it's all of that is targeted to one group of of poor folks who are just like, I just want to see my baby smile. You know what I mean? And, I, and again, it's not something I would spend. And I would also, if they ask me for advice, I'd say, eh, I don't know if I say go get a book. You know, but I would. I would, <laughs> you know, like I never said that. <laughs> right? He didn't say yeah. that. Yeah. 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 And right, and right the, ne- the next that, time, oh, that gifts listen. that the gifts that I gave out as a as a teacher and a principal were always books or gift certificates to Hakeem's bookstore. Like that was my go to. So much staff was like, Reef, you know, they really Reef, might you know you know how I know you know how I know you wouldn't buy that dress. For a thousand dollars, I'm gonna oh, tell you how I, mean, I know. Because I just told you, you I would. No, 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 not, <laughs> He's not, like, but, no, 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 no. But not, <laughs> not only that, from the way you open book quiz, no, from the way you from the way you live your life, <laughs> right? I seen your sneakers that you have worn for the past three years, oh my God. and so <laughs> I know you wouldn't. All right, whatever. Yeah, I listen. I, I said I would not. How about them sad Negro nine hundred? Yes. <laughs> listen, them joints are comfy. Hey, he got some new ones though. He got hey, and them joints is sharp, but they probably lean on one side. The other ones were sharp too. Listen, they, listen. Hey, they leaning to one side by now. I'm not I gonna buy they... a thousand dollar dress. I ain't gonna buy no thousand dollar uh, Yeezys. I ain't gonna buy no thousand dollar. Not thousand dollars. I you know mean, like whatever it costs. Not... It, listen, and, and, whatever and, it is, I, and, and I know we gotta close it out. And, and again. Actually, I actually really don't give a damn what people do with their money. I'm very you know this this like a billionaire. I don't care. I don't care about shaming him. I don't care about Elon Musk buying Twitter for buying ugly sneakers that cost a whole lot of money. I don't I don't care that Elon Musk is buying Twitter. I don't care what Chris Ray or Reeve does with their money. I don't care about any of that stuff. The only reason why I really came and and pushed what he was saying, one, because I didn't want us to do that thing where we act like we didn't understand what he was saying. We did like we ain't been in that situation, but two. But two, I feel like if we don't have these kind of conversations and somebody got some game and somebody got something that's like, look, I've been here. I've been in this place. I've seen these decisions. Here are the different decisions that I made to get out of this. I think that that stuff is important. I, I think, I, I think if calling we, people in, I think it just it takes a level of, you know, like. But I, but, you know, the one thing that we didn't say, the one thing we didn't say about that dress, the one thing we say about that dress, hold on real Ray quick. Doesn't the one thing have, we didn't say about right? that dress, though, bro. I promise you the guns cost more than the dress. I promise you those guns cost way more than that dress. Don't ask me how I know. Nah, but I would I bet know. everything in my pocket. Oh no. Those guns would. cost way more than that I dress. Would. Cheaper than dirt. Oh, like, yo, even if, even if you got them guns off the streets. I don't know. Even if you got them mm-hmm. guns off the streets, they cost more than the G. Stop it. Y'all Some, better stop sometimes. it. No, you better stop it. You 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 sounding crazy right now. You don't know how cheap like you can get well, things. I feel like, well, Chris, how about this? You if you yeah. know where them guns cost less than a thousand dollars, you DM me after mm-hmm. the damn show. You don't want I'm those telling... guns. You don't want. I was about to say you don't want them to cost less than a thousand dollars. You don't want them to, but guns don't cost less than a thousand dollars combined. But hey, listen, listen, man, hey, those guns. Hey, even if, man, if you 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 can't. So first of all, you're probably not gonna be able to zoom in on any kind of serial number on those guns because they're ghost guns, right? So. I mean, if we if we spin game, then let's 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 tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. But anyways, hey, let's wrap up because I know, uh, yeah, I am assuming that those guns are legal. I am assuming that those guns are legal because we just did a whole job of caping for her with the guns. And I think that like, and the black the black group the the, the gun group would yeah. also assume that those are legal because they would not be seen 
uh, advocating yeah. for illegal street guns. Yo, but yeah. but check this out. I mean, y'all, we because that would be dumber than everything we talked. I don't about. know how this show ended up being all about guns, but check this. This thing in Philly and Ray is always bringing this up. But I, it was an article in the John. Um, nine local gun shops supplied fifteen thousand crime guns in Philly, according to some report. Mm-hmm. Nine stores supplied fifteen thousand uh, crime guns. I gotta, you know, dig into that a okay. little bit more. But like that. So when when you when you dig in when you dig in, right? I just want mm-hmm. to, I, when when I check back in with you in a couple of weeks, I want one clarified answer. Of the owners of those gun stores, what is the racial demographics of the owners of those guns? Without stores? digging in, I can tell you they're all white. Okay, and so <laughs> without you digging in and telling me that they're all white, that tells you everything that you need to know in terms of how they feel about black folks and how they feel about our communities. That's it. Nine to 15,000. Well, that's I crazy. Like, listen, the, the play if you're in Chicago is that you go across state lines, you go to Indiana, you go to Indiana, you buy your guns, and you, you do whatever you need to do there. Uh, and Indiana, Indiana people go across to Illinois to get marijuana and then they go back. So, you know, California, people went to Nevada, is it, Arizona, it's a whole thing, man. But listen, man, I, I, at the hey, end this, of the day, I was a that different podcast. Girl, <laughs> hey, I don't know how we ended up. Uh... <laughs> we just, we just share knowledge that we have. This is general knowledge. If you, if you a younger, if you a person that understands whatever and you from Chicago or or Oakland, you know where a lot of that stuff come from. I'm sorry. The same way, if you a Philly John, a Philly kid, you know where <laughs> stuff is coming from. It's not a, it's not a big secret, bro. But anyway, yeah. let's go ahead and get some final thoughts in here. This has been a fun show, man. I know it started off rocky because I wasn't settled or whatever, man. But let's go ahead, Reef. Welcome back, brother. We are very happy to have you back, man. We are very, very proud of you, man. I, oh, you, <laughs> you are. No, man, this real quick. Cap, it's as, all cap, anchor. It's all cap. As you, I, I'm too old to say cap. I will never say that. But as you, I will say this Ray to you. Ray too old to say cap to it. It'll stop him. I will say this to you, Sharif. <laughs> Sharif, we are incredibly proud of you, man. You are a living legend. You are a young legend, a rookie legend, man. And uh, and I hope and pray that God keeps his protection over you because you're really doing some great stuff. Why don't you give us your final thoughts, man? Yeah, I don't appreciate it, man. Look, I miss y'all. I miss us. I'm so glad to be back, you know, and thanks for... Uh, you know, your patience and grace as, you know, traveling was going on. Today's the last day of Ramadan, you know, um, got some days to make up from all the traveling, but really grateful. Just I'm in a good place um, spiritually and, um, you know, excited to be back in, the, in this work. You know, appreciate y'all. Love y'all. And it's good to be home. Absolutely, man. Chris, uh, you did great today, man. Thank you for bringing up this topic. It was really live discussion you wanted culture you got culture bro why don't you go ahead and let us your <laughs> final thoughts be um well first of all i just want to say as i was like listening to you while i looked up fleet farm in minnesota to look up um uh, various <laughs> rifles and if you are in if you are in the the three to, to six hundred dollar range you can get one one very nice uh uh gun uh that you don't need um if you if you have less than that you can definitely get lots of rifles uh, because we're very much a gun culture and hunting culture where I'm at. Just at your normal fleet farm. Just go in and walk right in with your little card and you can buy one. So um Ray said something that I actually think I just want to highlight and t- and take it back to education. Ray's son uh graduating uh with an associate's degree or getting an associate's degree on a fast track because he has gotten um credits while he is still in uh K-12 school, high school. school. Yeah. High school. 
So there is a there is a uh, charter school in Indiana um, that uh, I'm just always amazed by. Heard their story a few years ago and have stayed in touch and been watching it all along. And and that's really their model. Their model is early college have young people graduate so that it saves them money, have them graduate with their four or their two year degree. I'm sorry at the same time that they're graduating with their um, their high school diploma. So right now in this coming month, we're about, so we're in May now. So this month you have young people at their schools who are going to be graduating with their AA degree before their high school graduation date. Their high school graduation date will be a couple of days later. I think that's really important to emphasize, number one, because of what's possible. This is in Gary, Indiana. There's a lot of blight in Gary, Indiana. It's not the place where uh, people are born with silver spoons in their mouth or whatnot. So if you're having that type of uh, um, trajectory with some of your students there, I think that that's really important to highlight that that's possible for many reasons. Number one, it saves you money. So when you said Ray is putting people on game, that's one game to be on top of. Get your kid to do as much of the, the college credit stuff that they can do while it's on the government's dime rather than in loans or something else while they're still in high school. And if you can find schools with that model or push schools with that model, that early college model, I think is really important. That is something that I would just highlight. I would also highlight the fact that where we started out the show, we talked about unions and we talked about all these people that, you know, are fighting to keep kids, you know, out of school for a day here, there and a day there or whatnot. Those same people are fighting against the, the type of school model that I just said. And the type of schools that are actually working for uh, for young people and parents. And that's where we got to keep coming back to. We know that there are good things out there for our kids. We know that not everybody are our friends and allies for uh, having us uh, um, get there. But we got to be smart about calling everybody out on all sides. On the left, they're, they're blocking things like what I just said. And on the right, they're blocking a whole set of other things that we need for our kids. So we got to be ambidextrous. We got to be Bruce Lee, Juke Kindo fighting with all fighting styles. That's my rap. Be water, bro. Be water. Awesome. Be water. Young not Raymond. Rock. That's, yeah, that's what's up. All right, so uh, I don't know if Josh was able to bring up my uh, the things that I needed in order for my, my closing thought. Uh, if not, if he okay. needs more time, I can go before you. I'll go, nah. I'll go before you so you can do he it. Might have, he, may, he, may, he may not have gotten it, and that's fine. So 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 there was a, um, a, a young lady. Uh, I don't know where she's located. However, uh, her senior pictures, right? For her senior pictures, she took her senior pictures uh, and posed as a member, a senior in high school. She took her senior in high school pictures and posed as a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated because in her mind, she wants to one day be a member of uh, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And so, mind you, this is a 17, 18-year-old uh, girl who knows nothing mm -hmm. about Greek life or whatever. And so folks came in, they tried to give her the game, like, yo, you being disrespectful in terms of like, you know, whatever. And so she goes off because she had really no understanding of what the organization is. And it happens a lot. You know, it happened to Kobe Bryant when he was 18 years old, he threw up the hooks, uh, you know, uh, something uh, that that's resemblance of uh, Omega Sapphire Fraternity Incorporated. Show and us what was that? We had and we had a conversation. A conversation was had with Kobe, and Kobe never did that again because you know it's, it's, it's something to be respected. And so um, I, I say this to say, you know, this little girl had parents, right? And so you know, when adults was trying to give her the game in terms of like, hey, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that, or whatever, her parents then came in and front loaded 
uh, the conversation like, oh, you, she does whatever she wants or whatever, whatever. And yeah, when she gets a purview, she put so so what she's done is right. She's now nationally known as this girl who was disrespectful to a sorority. And so her chances of getting into a sorority in the divine nine or any of the sororities is going to be virtually impossible because she's going to be blackballed on every end of the spectrum because of just the level of disrespect. And so I say this to say the folks out there or whatever, right? If you don't know about something, then don't try to emulate it. And so, you know, you need to find out and get knowledge on these things Man, uh, prior, prior, prior to doing it. And, and it could be a bad take to a, a, a GDI <laughs> that has never experienced it, never went through it or whatever. And I'm okay with that. Reese, you should have pledged when you was at IUP. You didn't. So listen, stop talking shit. Listen, no, I'm gonna talk shit. First of all, <laughs> we just we just we just said all of us agree that the other young lady should not lose her scholarship. I but this young lady, this young lady should be blackballed from joining yeah. a social hey, club for the rest of her life. First of all, make first it make sense. It's for not me. a social club. It's not a social club. Groove Five Groove is a social club. This is not no goddamn social club. What is it? And that's where you get it wrong. Y'all get it's together to be social. It's a sorority. But she but she but she she wants to be a part of it so bad. Like it wasn't and they go blackball. She was disrespectful. If you want to, she wasn't trying to be part of No, 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 no. She she doubled down. She did a TikTok. She did all kinds and of things beyond. Why, why does that hurt you so much? What happened to y'all that some teenager puts her pinky <laughs> up and y'all lose y'all minds? Like what? Like it's, what happened it, to y'all well, in your childhood? Okay. What happened? No, for, for, first, first off, an actress, first off, actress, first off, nothing, can't, nothing happened to me in my childhood. Act, what did not happen to you act in like your they childhood? Are, wait a minute. An actress you in your can't show up on TV. We and, need to move on. And say we, we should a, do a whole show on this. We should I'm do a, a whole show. Whatever sorority yeah. member. Wait, wait, wait. And everybody Let's, goes you, nuts. You a need to respect my authority. Respect my authority. Okay, Ray, Ray and Sharif, thank you very much for that lively piece that a lot of people didn't understand. But I, I, I got you. Before, before this we go, needs to before be a I show, go, because we didn't did this before. Should. We need this. Before. It should. Yeah. Because, I, I, but you know what though, I I respect I that the same understand. way I respect armed forces things. It's a serious thing. My brother's military, my dad's military, and uncle. They the same man. They, it's just certain things you don't do, and they don't have no get back for it. But uh, Chris, before I go, there was something that you want that you forgot to say, and I want to. This is actually really important, and uh, she's a fan of the show. She's been on the show, so I want to give yeah. you the room again, bro. Um. So I want to lift it up, Josh, if you can pull it up, because I uh, I actually um um. Actually, protect, defend, and support young black women. Um, um, uh, <laughs> not being exiled from opportunity. A young black woman that's in a sorority that earned uh, her right to do whatever she does in Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated. Well, go ahead. She, Please continue. Yeah, she, she, she's, not out, she's not out here doing extra bougie bullshit to her own people, but I will say this much. Uh, we have had Haley uh, on the show before. Her brother was on the Eight Black Hand show with her, Ian. Ian's a 16-year-old mogul, 17, I think now, mogul who is in uh, uh, in his master's degree uh, program right now at like 16, 17, 18. I don't know, you know, he, uh, very early. But Haley has just become the youngest black person to graduate from law school in the history of, of the United States, um, which I think we should all bow down. This family has done amazing things. Her, her brother, and her younger sister have all done amazing things, won awards, 
um, she was a law school student at, at 16, and now she's graduating from law school. She's become the youngest um, Black American to graduate law school. And uh, um, please seek it out. Find her on online. Give her a big congratulations because we have supported her on this show. We've supported her so through so uh, Eight Black. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, through uh, Brightbeam and through other platforms. But this is what's possible when we talk about um, we talk about being aspirational for our young people. At any point, somebody could have de derailed her or her brother from achieving the type of success that they had, and it didn't happen because her mom is no joke. Her mom and her dad are no joke. You need to go yeah, seek out this, this story. They are no, they are no joke. And uh, I had her mom and dad on the show and said, I asked them about Haley and her brother, Ian. What if people just say that they're like prodigies uh, uh, and that it wasn't anything that y'all did or whatever? And she said, well, they're going to have to explain then how our youngest daughter, who was... Uh, uh, was adopted from Ethiopia is also doing the same thing that they're doing, which is winning awards, winning prizes, achieving at a very high level or whatnot. Um, so you can't, you can't pin it on, Oh, we're just some special type of people. No, uh, they took, uh, uh, her mom grew up in Watts, lost her father when she was a teenager, became a doctor and, uh, and homeschooled her kids. And this is the outcome. So all hail also, Haley. Her, her, also, her mother's also the muse of what show that some people may have heard of. Doc McStuffins. Her mom is literally the doc of Doc McStuffins. Grew up in Watts, lost her dad at an early age, made it through, I think it was King Magnet School and made it through med school and raised two kids, uh, now three, um, homeschooled in their family. And this is the result. This is the result, yeah. right? Well, thank you for so, that, man. That was super important. Clap it up one more time as I close out. I definitely should have closed and let you finish with that because uh, mine is not going to go up. But here's my final thought and for this show. Um, one, just welcome back, Sharif. Glad to have all of you. Um, I would just say this. Both topics spoke to me in a very personal way. Um, and, and, you know, we talk and we joke and we do things like this. And I know the stories of these four brothers uh, as well. Um, I actually wish that they share more. But, you know, part of mine was being homeless and going to a bunch of those schools, many in Oakland, one of these schools where teachers are doing all this acting up. When I came there with an accent, a Southern accent, they were going to put me in special education until I read out loud. And then in that same week, I ended up being in the gate program. Like that is not responsible around young people. Um, as we talk about unions, it's not about unions. I don't care about that. We're talking about the protection of young people. We're talking about like there's actual excellence in our communities. Like we just heard a huge example of it. And even when we talk about this issue with the prom dress and the guns and things like that, listen, I wish the best for that young lady. And if there is a GoFundMe, I'll put money into it. But I actually think she's going to be fine because there's a lot of attention that's here. Um, but as somebody, again, who went to 11 schools, four shelters, like black folks, we are not always going to be comfortable. We're not always going to be happy. It's not every moment and every waking moment is not the things that we want to do all the time. Right. Sometimes there are some sacrifices that we got to make or other people got to make on our behalf so we can have different opportunities. So when we do get daughters like three of these men here and I'm going to say this for myself, if I end up having a daughter, all four of us are going to be we just punks. It's just going to be that. But there were sacrifices made along the way for us to be able to do that in a healthy way. I'm very, very grateful for these brothers and I'm very grateful for our eight black hands community. Catch us next week uh, for Chris, Sharif, Ray. I am Charles, and we hope that you have an amazing, blessed night. Get home safely, uh, be safe, and love on each other, man. But we got to take care of us. It ain't going to be unions. It ain't going to be these power structures. It ain't going to be white people. It got to be us. With that being said, y'all have a great night.